0: Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Save up to 450 on a Gibson Les Paul Studio Deluxe, up to $900 on a Gibson Les Paul Trad Pro 4, or save up to 20% on other select Gibson guitars. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals, available online and in-store now through November 1st. Guitarthon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound.
1: You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome into a Thursday afternoon edition of the Locked On Nets podcast. Uh, Last one was really depressing. This one's going to be worse. Um, It it coming out last night that after uh, a fourth quarter uh, fall following a fast break layup attempt uh, Jeremy Lin rupturing his uh, right uh, patella tendon. Josh, did I get that? Yeah, uh, and he did. he's he's unfortunately out for the season. So, I it's I, devastating. Yeah, I jinxed it by I think putting like his, the Gordon Hayward injury was was more viscerally horrifying. But then, I may, maybe I don't know. Maybe we, we prompted Nets fans with that one for for what was going to happen the next night. But just just a terrible way to start the season. No other way to spin it.
1: Well, I think I jinxed uh, Jeremy Lin, actually, because I know that no one wants to hear about my fantasy basketball league, but I just made a trade on Saturday, and two of the people involved in that trade were Gordon Hayward and Jeremy Lin.
0: Yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll let you take uh, full credit for it if, if you want to, if, if people want to direct their uh, ire at Josh. Josh, you want to give your uh, home address and uh, phone number?
1: Yeah, stick around to the end of the show. <laughs> okay. We will be receiving that.
0: <laughs> That's smart. All right. Uh, yeah. So I guess, I, I don't know. The only, I mean, first, let me, before we get into basketball stuff, I mean, same as Gordon Hayward, it, it couldn't have happened to two of the better guys in the NBA by um, all account. I haven't, I can't say I've spent a lot of time around either, but every interview, every comment, every time someone talks about either of those two guys, and, and really since this is the Nets podcast, Jeremy in particular, you hear you hear nothing but great things. And despite all the highs and lows of his career, he's just consistently remained a spectacular human being. And I, I was really, I, I, don't, I don't think we really talked about it on the podcast ever, but I was so struck by the way he handled that whole Kenyon Martin situation and that it was simultaneously so classy, but a complete takedown at the same time. That, that really sums up to me who Jeremy Lin is as a person and why he's going to be so missed this season.
1: Yeah, he's a complete gentleman, uh, one of the first Asian American basketball players in the NBA, just someone that seems like a great guy and a a mentor for teammates, especially the young guys like Isaiah Whitehead, Karis LaVert, Ronda Hollis, Jefferson. And he went through such a difficult season last year with the constant hamstring injuries, Uh, was only able to play 36 games. He really felt that this was the year that he was able to get going under his former coach, Kenny Atkinson. But um, obviously, it will have to wait till next year. I'm going to assume that He's going to opt into that $12 yeah. million dollar player option, which was kind of in doubt before, but it seems like that's a foregone conclusion right now, especially after such a devastating injury.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if he's not back, and I think simultaneously the Nets will absolutely want him back, and and that's what really sucks about this, because I, I, just, um, I just got to watch the game this morning, and I was taking down some notes, and I was kind of heartbroken because I was watching with the knowledge that Lynn was already out for the year, but for the first Three plus quarters of that game, you could see the potential of a of a combination with him and D'Angelo Russell. Both of them kind of running offense on opposite sides of the floor, and then using the other guy as kind of um, a spacer and a potential kickout shooter. And and that was kind of my my first thing, like I, I wrote down while watching the game, like losing Lin kind of it doesn't totally kill um, Russell as a guy who can hit spot up threes. But it it does lower his value because there's no one else um, even close on the roster. Spencer Dinwin, he's not bad at this, but there's there's not another guard or forward even close to um, Lin's ability uh, to break down a defense and then find guys on the perimeter, which he was doing with great regularity in this first game. And and that's too bad because Russell looked really deadly just sitting out there and hitting open threes. And that's not something he ever had on the Lakers, so he might have to wait a year to really get to develop that aspect of his game.
1: Yeah, they both look great. Uh, Lynn was pretty passive towards for most of the first half, but then really picked it up the last two minutes of the second quarter, and then looked very good in the third and fourth until he uh, suffered that industry that injury. It's just devastating the way the way uh, it happened. He was saying, "I'm done. I'm done." uh, Putting a towel over his head, and it's just you feel you feel for the guy. Um, Going back to Russell, I think that his counting stats are going to improve, but I think that as you mentioned, his efficiency will probably not be what it was last night, and obviously if he, if he does what he did last night, he's going to be one of the best players in the league, but um, I don't think that, uh, I think that this is going to hurt his development. He's going to have to really take a lot of uh, playmaking, ball handling responsibility on his shoulder now.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's what we were saying all preseason, was this was such a golden opportunity for him, was, I, because I know for a lot of guards, the the best thing they can have is the ball in their hands a lot early in their career, and at to a certain point, that probably helped russell a lot but now that he's kind of i don't want to say mastered that part of his game but gotten it up to a really high level i think it would have really benefited him to get to play off ball and to get to cut a little bit and to run around screens and hit threes and again just get easy buckets just um spacing and getting open shots and now that kind of goes away and it leads to a situation where he's going to have to force the issue to some degree just because there. i mean there are other guys who are good on the nets at, at, at that ability but um He's, he's just going to have to do uh, more than he should have. And I, I agree with you. That's going to stunt his growth a little bit. So all, all that being said, um, let's let's kind of get into a uh, game recap. What was what were some of your other uh, non-Lin, um, non-Russell takeaways um, from the first time seeing the Nets in the regular season?
1: Well, it was great to have Nets basketball back. Uh, Ian Eagle and Sarah Kustak. Kustak was, a was job. fabulous.
0: Yeah, she was great good. Great
1: job on the call. Um, but obviously, it has to start with the defense. 140 points is it's not acceptable, and obviously it was a very fast-paced game. I was really impressed that Indiana was just pushing the pace so frequently, especially Victor Oladipo. And actually Michael Pena of Vice Sports tweeted that the pace in last night's Nets-Pacers game was the highest the NBA has seen since April 16th of 2008. So it just shows that uh, the 140 points was a little skewed, but obviously the defense needs to improve. And I think the pick-and-roll coverage in particular was terrible. Mozga um, was kind of a non-factor when he was at center. And then when Quincy Acy and Trevor Booker were playing the five, the pick-and-roll coverage was too conservative, in my opinion. Those guys are not great rim protectors, so they have the speed advantage at center. So I would have liked to see a little bit more hedging when they were defending the pick-and-roll. And And then when Mozgov is in, you sit back. So I think that's something Kenny Atkinson is going to adjust to, because there was no ball pressure last night, and the Pacers were getting whatever they wanted to on any pick-and-roll, whether that be a wide-open 15-foot shot for Miles Turner or Thaddeus Young. Or guys like Collison and Oladipo just having a full head of steam to go to the basket. It was it was terrible. There's no other way to put it.
0: Yeah, I'm 100 percent with you. I noticed a lot of uh, lethargy. They just never really seemed totally aggressive. And, and the two um, the two words I wrote down were. Communication and awareness. And there were just a lot of times on pick and rolls or guys running around um, off ball screens where the Nets would have two defenders go with one guy and you, and you see them kind of look at each other, yell at each other. And then in the meantime, someone was cutting for a wide open basket or someone was getting the ball and then it triggered um, kind of a domino effect where two guys had to come help and then they were kicking it out and someone was getting an open three. Uh, Darren Collison, who um, is is a good point guard, and I like him quite a bit, but isn't even close to the upper echelon of um, lead guards in the NBA. He was kind of tearing apart and having his way with both uh, Lynn and Russell and really whoever the Nets threw on him. So that's foreboding, to say the least. And that's, again, we, we always we talk about what the Nets lose with Lynn on the offensive end, defensively, It's really scary because, I mean, the Buck didn't stop with Russell, but he was a big part of the reason those Lakers teams were consistently amongst the worst in the NBA on defense, and and I hate the idea of him having to guard the opposing team's um, lead ball handler night in and night out. Yeah,
1: Lin's a good defender for his position, so that's also going to be something that's missed with his absence. Um, One of the things that I was just kind of uh, surprised by is that the defensive intensity, as you mentioned, wasn't there. Uh, when you're playing this small lineup, everyone needs to be intense, engaged, moving around. And Damari Carroll and R.H. R. H. R.H.J. had a good game on offense, but I was very surprised that they weren't um, kind of flying around like they were in the preseason. And with everyone, if everyone's not together moving on a swivel, your defense isn't going to be good, especially if you don't have uh, a kind of rim protector there. And the Nets are certainly lack that right now. They hope Jared Allen can develop into that, but he's clearly not ready as evidence that Kenny Atkinson wasn't comfortable bringing him into the game last night.
0: Yeah, what's really shocking to me is there's zero excuse. This is the first game of the season that should, I mean, at least until the playoffs or if you're playing like a rival or on Christmas Day or something, that should probably be the game you're most excited about and you're most locked in on. And then on top of that, Atkinson played 10 guys in the first quarter, so no one should have been tired. And the beauty of his system and that big rotation is that everyone should be going 110%, 120%. Every single second they're out on the court and you just, it wasn't even... Close to that. Um, we, we've talked a lot about the negatives, obviously. Uh, Russell, offensively, I, I think we'd both agree that, that he was he was pretty brilliant. What was it, 30 points in 30 minutes?
1: Yeah, 30 points, very efficient. He was obviously 4-8 from 3 is, is great. Uh, you love to see that, especially the 8 attempts. And then he was getting to the rim with ease, showed a lot of explosion there, uh, which I was really impressed with. Some of that might have had to do with Indiana's lack of defense, but uh, he looked really good. Trevor Booker, also 20-10 and 10, uh, on 7-10 of 10 from the floor. He was very explosive as a, as a pick-and-roll dive man and made some a couple nice passes uh, out that was, led to hockey assists. So I was impressed by him uh, and his explosion around the rim and Quincy AC, 3 of 5 from 3. That's also a good sign.
0: Yeah, and um, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, he didn't show it a lot, but I loved seeing him sink an early uh, jump shot. I know uh, Sarah was uh, commenting on uh, how much smoother his uh, form has looked, and he kind of ironed out that weird uh, kink that we talked about along the preseason. I still don't think it looks totally great, but it certainly looks a lot better than in years past, and the fact that he's confident taking it, I think, is a really good sign for his development.
1: Yeah, RHA looked good on offense, just a lot more comfortable um, (laughs) dribbling the ball even, uh, even when there's no one around him. Sometimes he struggled with that. He looked pretty comfortable. Uh, On defense, it was a little concerning because he did get beasted by Thaddeus Young on a couple of rebounds, and Young certainly isn't like a bruiser power forward type, so maybe he needs to focus a little bit more on uh, boxing out and rebounding, especially when he's the power forward in certain alignments. Uh, Alan Crabbe, another guy I thought looked really good, drained a couple of threes and had two nice plays. Where one where he got fouled on a three point attempt, um, and he kind of leaned into, used his body to lean into the defender, and then one where he caught the ball uh, coming off a screen, took a few drives in, knew the defender was right on him, so he pulled up for the shot and was able to draw a contact there as well. Yeah, he had
0: he had one vicious dunk also, on another play where he went to the rim pretty aggressively and and you love to see that because that was really the portion of his game that was missing and he was a guy who was more comfortable like he, even if he got someone charging out at him and he was able to pump fake his way by him he's more comfortable pulling up for a jumper than going um all the way to the bucket and the fact that he's developing that part of his game and he, he really is like big enough even if he's not a great athlete to um be somewhat effective around the rim especially when he gets that head start um that that's encouraging to me that even if he never becomes like I guess a traditional well rounded offensive player, and that he's shooting and attacking the rim um, just as often, that could be an element of his game. And guys can't totally sell out to um, stop him from shooting threes, and they kind of have to worry about him uh, getting around. And obviously, he was pretty darn accurate from the field three of five, two of three from three, four of five. Um, from the free throw line uh, we, we touched on trevor booker briefly but the stats 28 minutes seven to ten six to seven from the charity stripe 20 and 10 on the game he, he was just good i i think maybe it doesn't do him justice to call him a garbage man but he he, he just cleaned everything up every time there's a miss he he always seemed to be there to get an easy put in so maybe the stats a little bit inflated but i i, I loved his game
1: yeah his intensity is contagious um uh- Every time he scored, it felt like he would stay back and try to go for the steal off the inbounds pass, which was kind of a funny thing, even though sometimes if he's playing the center, you want him to get back and not worry about that. It just uh, shows that he's, that's the kind of guy he is, always just trying to, to make the the extra play, the hustle play, even if it uh, kind of bites him in the ass sometimes. And then from the Indiana's point of view, I don't know if you felt this way, because I wasn't watching the game with you, but I was shocked that Miles Turner only ended up with 21 points at the end of the night. Uh, sometimes people talk about guys having a quiet 25, it seemed like he had the loudest 21 points I've ever seen. I thought he was going to have like 30 when I looked at the box score at the end of the game.
0: Yeah. And, and what's really scary, I, at that point, I 100% agree on you. You, you saying that was the first time I, I hadn't gone down to the Pacers part. I have I have the box score open right now. I, I, I was shocked when you said that. Yeah, he seemed totally dominant. Maybe it was because he also had 14 rebounds and four blocks. But the Nets, it, it was it's kind of um, a little bit similar to uh, Joel Embiid in the preseason, the Nets didn't have anything uh, close to an answer for him. And then, and then the um, Pacers shooting, they, they shot 52% from the field. That, that's really scary when you consider they were only hitting about one out of every four threes they took. And you throw in the fact that Lance Stevenson was 6 of 19 in there. Um, all, all their starters shooting uh, better than 50%. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis off the bench, 7 of 7. So. I mean, clearly there's a ton to work on for the Nets, some encouraging signs on offense. Um, Quickly, before we wrap this part up, I'll I'll say even though he didn't shoot very well, I liked a lot of the stuff I saw from Karis LeVert and his confidence kind of uh, leading um, a break in semi-transition. I remember one play where he really pushed the ball and the whole defense backed up and he just kind of shuffled it over to D'Angelo Russell. And and he's going to be one of the guys, along with um, Spencer Dinwiddie, that uh, really has to step up in terms of um, point creation with uh, Lin out.
1: Yeah, one quick note before we move on to kind of uh, the future of this team is that 20 turnovers is unacceptable. Obviously, the pace was was very fast, but it seemed like guys were a little bit overzealous in terms of ball handling and not trying to make the, the easy pass that was right available to them, uh, trying to take on two guys in the pick and roll instead of moving the ball around. So I think that's something that uh, as the guys get more comfortable together, that should go down. But um, obviously, this is never going to be really a low turnover team, just when you have the emphasis on ball movement and player movement. Um, it's not an ISO-heavy system, so, but you want you don't want 20 turnovers, that's way too much, try to get it down to about 14 or 15, and that's kind of natural, uh, but especially in the beginning of the game, as Sarah Kustak was mentioning a lot, live ball turnovers that were leading directly to transition points, and the Nets didn't seem prepared for the pace, or just pushing the pace uh, every play.
0: Yeah, ironic. Um, all right, going forward, uh, what do you see as the Nets' uh, starting lineup?
1: So I think what Kenny Atkinson's going to do at the start will just have Alan Crabb come in for Jeremy Lin's place and then D'Angelo Russell is going to be the full-time point guard. But from my opinion, that's not enough uh, play play creation um, and playmaking. I think that the best lineup moving forward would be to bring in Karis Levert there and take some of the pressure off Jeremy Lin and have him with Alan Crabb, uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Mozgop and then move Damari Carroll to the bench. What do you think of that?
0: Now, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. When when you said that, actually, my, my first thought was um, starting Dinwiddie and kind of using the same system they were planning on using. But then, well, then there's uh, no backup player. Yeah, I was going to say, then you don't really have that creator in the backup. Maybe maybe start that and take uh, Dinwiddie out early and leave Russell in for most of the first quarter and then put Dinwiddie in uh, with the backups either at the end of the first or the beginning of the second. That could theoretically be interesting. Um, I'll, I'll throw this out there. This is going to kind of push – atkinson's preference not to really play anyone over 32 33 minutes a night and d'angelo russell might be the guy who who gets pushed up to near 40 minutes a game just because i think they're going to really need him and without him on the floor they kind of revert into the team they were last year without um lynn and then you don't even have a guy like lopez you can just throw it to for an automatic two points and that team is legitimately one of the worst in the league So I I think Russell's going to have to play more minutes, and that's kind of the big picture solution and the only way you can really sort of replicate um, what you lose with Jeremy Lin um, getting injured. But I I agree with you initially. I guess it's it's either going to be Karras or Dinwiddie, and Karras is probably the more uh, practical guy of those two for the reasons you mentioned.
1: Yeah, I think Russell could get up to 35. I don't ever see him coming close to 40. I think Kilpatrick is going to break the rotation now because... Um, because Kenny Atkinson does want to play 10 guys or maybe even 11 if Jared Allen takes in cuts into some of AC and Booker's minutes at some point. Um, and Mozgov didn't look too good. So his spot is pretty, is pretty vulnerable. Um, but yeah, Kilpatrick will get some time and definitely, I think that crab's going to start next game against the magic just because he is the highest paid player on the team. And the only reason he wasn't starting out of camp is because he did have that, that lingering ankle injury, uh, that kind of slowed him down and they were trying to ease him back in. So he's kind of the obvious call for me. Um, as of friday's game against orlando
0: yeah for sure i'm 100 percent with you and uh let's uh quickly talk about that magic game orlando um winning their first one of the season uh w- what do you think of that and obviously i'm not going to be over dramatic and call it a must win but it, w- it would it would be nice to uh, beat the magic and go to one and one and one just so this thing doesn't spiral out of control which i never would have even suggested was a possibility if uh, lynn was healthy
1: yeah, it's going to be um, an interesting game. I think that Vucevic is someone that could give Mozgov a lot of trouble just because he can get that 18, 20-foot jumper off anytime he wants, especially if the pick-and-roll defense is as porous as it was last night. Uh, but he can also post up guys like um, Trevor Booker, Quincy AC. And then the key is staying in front of their those wing creators, like Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, has to be better contesting on the perimeter because the Nets are going to be able to score against this team not a ton of uh, defense there, especially since Bismack Biambo comes off the bench, and uh, Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon are still young players trying to find their way, so the Nets should be able to score. The key is not letting these average uh, players go off and have career nights against them.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Orlando, who, who's a team, if you were just like taking a pool of teams that were going to shoot the worst in the NBA, I would say Orlando would be... Very, very close to the bottom. They have like just not a lot of guys who are, are shooters in the rotation. I would really only think of uh, Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier as guys who are above average in that category. But they, they actually shot uh, 48% from the field against uh, Miami. It's, it's kind of interesting to see if this is going to be a league-wide trend this season. Or maybe it was just a first-night fluke. But it seemed like the offense, even over last year, was really up. I think you had, let me count it, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11, uh, 11, 14, 11 teams over one ten, and like 14 over 105 in the first game. So that's Besides their that, Phoenix Suns
1: with the, the poorest 76-point uh, showing.
0: Don't rub dirt in the wound. Uh, yeah, it was a rough, rough night for me and my team. So uh, I, I, uh, on the bright side, I, I, the Knicks can only help that tonight against the Thunder, where I'm sure they'll uh, come out and give them a great game. All right. Anyways, that's about Wait, eight. quickly
1: before we go, let's do an updated of a projection. I was gonna with say the that. Jeremy that was, Lin injury.
0: Josh, I know I know how to read the rundown. Okay. It. You I know, know you know I like to tease. I say I say this is the end of the podcast for different times.
1: I get nervous. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it nope. I
0: get it. I get it. All right. Uh what do you I think what do we have them around before? Something like thirty five?
1: I had thirty one actually. I was a little on the lower end.
0: Okay, I think I was higher than you. But uh yeah, I'm willing to let's I'm gonna say like twenty-six.
1: Yeah, I think 24, 25. I think that Jeremy Lynn might not be at that valuable in the aggregate, um, but I think that the loss of having uh, being able to have multiple ball handlers on the floor at one time is really going to take a toll on some of the younger players, and it's going to be a growing opportunity for guys like Karis LeVert and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, so they can show what they can do, but at the same time, there will be some growing pains, and I think that the team is going to struggle very similar to last year.
0: Yeah, that's what um, people kind of always underestimate when um, a star, and I guess some people wouldn't call Jeremy Lin a star, I'd say in the context of this Nets team, he's a star when a star goes down. It, it, it's a—it's kind of a cascading effect because it doesn't just, you don't just lose that production, you lose um, the production of the next guy off the bench. So if Dinwiddie has to play with the starters more, or if Karras has to play more minutes with, with the front line guys, you, you lose that in your second unit. And I think that kind of, that domino effect is, is going to cost them about 10 wins on the season and maybe a little bit less. But it, it, it's really a bummer, especially because you could, again, I've, I always say this and people always hate me for saying this, but if you, if you had that first round pick, you could kind of spin into a positive and saying, all right, we're going to suck one more. You're ready to get that guy. But unfortunately, the Nets do not. So Thanks, a somber Kevin. podcast, and I'm ending it on an extremely somber
1: note. Yeah, I just think that this team, um, while some people might have had play playoff at, aspirations going into the year or I guess as of 24 hours ago I think without Jeremy Lin it's pretty safe to say that that's out of the window Um, and then if we can just show progress with some of our young guys it's going to be a good season Uh, and then just moving forward I think D'Angelo Russell's growth is going to be, if he can become a blue chipper, then this season will be a success.
0: Right. I'm 100% with you. And for people who are saying this is good for the younger guys because they'll get more shots, again, just rubbing more dirt in the wound. But I I totally disagree with that. Why do you keep
1: saying dirt instead of salt? out of curiosity?
0: Um, I don't know. I've heard people say dirt before. I've heard both before. I just... I like dirt. Tweet down. us
1: if you guys say dirt or salt. Dirt sounds you're like rubbing something in the I mean, wound.
0: Dirt scares me a little bit more because salt is probably more painful, but dirt you're more likely to get like infection, an infection. Yeah, yeah so um, I think I think this injury uh, warrants that level of uh, concern. A- mm-hmm. And anyways, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say like I don't think this really helps the younger guys because yet get some more shots. But the whole it's the same thing with Russell. You want them to have more shots in better situations, and and this doesn't do that. But yeah. We'll see what they can do. All right, for Josh, I'm Gavin. Uh, keep it with the entire Locked On podcast network. We would love it when you guys tune into our podcast and all the Locked On podcasts. I know um, Locked On Magic is uh, thriving and doing well, so maybe you want to check that out before uh, tomorrow night's matchup. For Josh, I'm Gavin. Peace out.